broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, happy Monday still in Jacksonville. That's a good thing, right, Jags? Still, uh, well, coming off a win. <laughs> you got to love that. Uh, the Jaguars still riding that win after the bye week. The bye week now in the books. But the Jaguars are doing better than the Broncos, the Washington football team, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Panthers, the Ravens, the Eagles, the Lions, the Texans, the Bears, the 49ers on a Monday. That's because they are still coming off a W. So we like that. Going to Seattle next. Get to watch the Seahawks tonight with Geno Smith. Won't be Russell Wilson next week. Could the Jags go there and win? Are the Jags better than maybe their record even indicates? Is that even a possible thing? in the NFL now that you're starting to see the league shake out a bit. And we've got to run away with some of the top teams in the league. We know there's a bottom tier of teams. The Jags are certainly in that, regardless of if you think they could be better or should be better than their record might indicate. And then there's a whole bunch of who-are-they type of teams now in the NFL through Week 7. And uh, we'll discuss some of the NFL. We'll discuss the Jags as Urban Meyer talked today coming off the bye week. It looked like they did a deep dive into their own football team. What could be changed? What can be better in the second half of the year? Really, it's more than a half. It's 11 games to go. Brent Martineau uh, here on the road. I'm going to watch a little baseball today. I'm over at Creekside. They got a little fall ball uh, kind of World Series thing they do. I haven't seen a baseball game since, like, July. So I was like, you know what? i got to watch a baseball game. This is the only chance I have. So I'm going to do it. Uh, Austin Lane, the Action Sports Jack Studios, Casey as well. Hope you guys had a good bye week weekend. Uh, what's happening? Nothing too much, man. Had a great bye week weekend. Stayed out of trouble, so didn't want to cause any distractions for the Jaguars team <laughs> or the show. So we're all good there, man. But yeah, it was fantastic. Watched a whole lot of football. Uh, watched a little bit of basketball. Watched some hockey as well. So just a wow. great sports weekend. And obviously we had some family time as well. So just a little bit of everything. That's good. Very good. Uh, hey, uh, all is quiet. It's, what's the next big thing in USC? We usually come in on a Monday, talk a little bit about a big fight weekend or going into. Uh, uh, I mean, it feels a bit quiet. Is there a little bit of a lull between big-time cards? I think we had a big-time card last month. Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that, Brent. We, we did have a big card uh, last month, but we actually we have a big card coming up. And uh, it's UFC, I think it's 267 we're on now. And that's going to be featuring uh, Volkanowski taking on, man, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Jan Blakowicz uh, taking on Glover Teixeira. Um, you know, you could have said anything. We would have believed No, you. for sure. But, you know, man, you know I'm a professional. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get this right. I'm not like Keyshawn Johnson where I just kind of say some names and hopefully it sticks. No, I'm trying to do my homework here in terms of who's fighting. So we got Jan Blackowitz uh, taking on Glover Teixeira, and that's going to be actually this Saturday. Now, here's the cool thing about it, Brent. You know, it's a pay-per-view event. This one is going to be for free if you have the ESPN Plus app. Ah. So there you go. go. Okay. So, uh, well, maybe you can highlight that a little bit more for us as the week oh, goes you, along. Oh, Brent, you know I'm going to break it down. And by the way, Glover Teixeira um, getting his second chance at a title opportunity, 41 years old. Wow. And and, and he's kind of turned back the hands of time a little bit. Um, for whatever reason, he's, he's found a new regiment that fits him well. Uh, he's on a big fight win streak, and he's, he's earned this opportunity. So uh, it's going to be an interesting fight, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you know, that's... Um 
you know, it's, it's a weird thing about that sport, in my opinion, that you can kind of be in your early 40s and still getting it done. Like, I find that interesting. A lot of golf is like that, but this is a totally different sport than golf. To find a violent sport yeah. that you can still get it done in your early, even sometimes to your mid-40s. And I know boxing has been like that. I mean, George Foreman comes to mind, you know, mm -hmm. fought till he felt like he was 70 uh, and making grills at the same time. But... <laughs> I mean, just an interesting thing to me that UFC can uh, you, you can do that sport at that age. Well, and especially this guy too, and Glover Teixeira, who's he's had 39 professional bouts, so he's he's definitely seasoned. And anytime you have that many fights, you know it takes a toll on your body, whether you win or you lose. So you know, I'm sure this is kind of his last go around. He's he's on his victory lap, if you will. And if he can cement that by hoisting the championship at 205, it's going to be the exclamation point on a very storied career. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, by the way, maybe some fight news coming up for you sooner or later. You teased us a little bit yeah, on Friday, yeah. so maybe. Uh, not yet, but maybe soon. Mm -hmm. So I like that uh, where it's going. All right, football, obviously the king. And uh, I've got a lot of thoughts coming off this football weekend. I watched some of it, but I, let's begin with my overriding thought, and it's going to be twofold. And I'm going to bring Gardner Minshew into the fold here in a moment. But my first thought is Zach Wilson, and he gets hurt, so he's out two to four weeks, I think it is. Maybe it's three to five, but he's out for a little bit. It's not a season-ending injury, but that will hurt the progress. And you know what? It might be better for him to kind of sit back and get off that field for a bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are not good around him. I, I'm having a hard time judging Zach Wilson. I know he's not playing well, uh, and, and I'm, I'm high on Zach Wilson. Uh, I'm high on Justin Fields, but Austin, I'm having a hard time judging these guys, and my overriding thought of the weekend is, Thank goodness Trevor Lawrence is in a better situation. Thank goodness for Mac Jones, he's in a better situation. Uh, I know the coaching always gets criticized, especially when you're one in five. But I have not been as critical of a guy like Bevel and Schottenheimer. I think they're doing a pretty good job with Trevor overall. They've made mistakes. There's been some head scratchers. Uh, they haven't been awesome. If they were awesome and great, then they'd probably have a couple more wins. Because I think Trevor's played good enough at times to probably have a couple more wins. Uh, some of that goes on the play calling. But I feel like Trevor and Mac are being coached better. I think they're being put in better situations. And as bad as things have been in Jacksonville, I think the talent around them is better than, say, the situation that Justin Fields is in and also the one certainly that Zach Wilson is in. That's really my overriding thought. It can go bad for a young quarterback, and we've seen it go bad in Jacksonville. And you get scar tissue, and can you come back from that? They're, they're going to ask Zach Wilson, they're going to ask Justin Fields to really come back from some things that they're not used to. Fortunately, as of now, six games into his career, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have to come back from that. Mac Jones, I don't feel like, is being beat up, and I think he's getting a lot of positive things to go his way, too. Uh, I just think those two guys are in much better situations as almost half the year is shaken out in the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean, it starts with the offensive line, and obviously in Chicago right now, the offensive line is it is a revolving door. Um, it is, you know, it's the, the worst security at a VIP nightclub you're ever going to see come right through anybody. And that's what Justin Fields is going through right now. And that's obviously crushing his confidence when he takes hit after hit after hit. Um, as far as weapons are concerned, I get it. The, the running backs are, are banged up a little bit, but you still have some serviceable receivers and a serviceable tight end. And, yeah, they can't find any magic right now in Chicago. And in, in New York, you know, brand new regime, um, trying to turn things around. And it's a very young team in terms of their skill position. But once again, running back is hurt. Uh, you know, the wide receivers are just okay. I mean, I, I know I was all over the Corey Davis uh, bandwagon, but when you play the New England Patriots, your biggest threat is going to get taken out, and that was Corey Davis. He saw a touchdown. Might have been a push-off. 
Might have been a push off as Casey's going crazy in, in the in the studio right now. I think he had Corey Davis going in fantasy, but you overall, oh, there you go. But but overall, you know, just not the best situations to be in. You're not surrounded by guys um, that can play up to your level, and then in doing so, you're a rookie quarterback trying to make do with what you have, and that's not what you want from a confidence standpoint, and that's not what you want from a first year quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and listen, there's a, you can you can overcome some of it. But we've seen it here, Austin. I mean, you played with a guy like Gabbert, right? Not put in a great situation early. I think Blake Bortles not put in a great situation early. And I think those guys couldn't overcome it. Now, Bortles probably did a better job, uh, but he just maybe wasn't as talented as some of these guys, I, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and so situation matters. It really does. Good offensive line, or at least a decent offensive line, versus a horrendous offensive line. Running game versus no running game. A uh, veteran wide receiver like a Marvin Jones. Now keep in mind, uh, I like this Jags offense coming into the year. I thought Trevor was in a good situation. I thought the fact that you had DJ Chark uh, as well, and maybe ETN, and they don't have those guys. I mean, they could be doing some really nice things on offense. I think they're getting up and down the field nicely. We know what it is. They've scored 19 points a game, and they've really left some stuff out there. We we talked about that a lot over the first six games of, of Trevor's career. Uh, and then Mac, I just really feel like they're not asking him to do too much. There's times that they need him to step up the last couple weeks, like the Cowboys game uh, comes to mind and, and bounce back, and he's done, done it. But I just think those guys are not being put in such a bad situation like Chicago and, and the Jets. I mean, look at the numbers, Austin. The numbers are mind-boggling, and it does kind of remind me of the offense that your defense had to rescue when you played for the Jags. I mean, it's anemic. They play in a box. They can't push the ball down the field. They can't pick up first downs. We're talking about 130, 140-yard passing days. Like, it's brutal. I tweeted out the Jets' first-quarter stats. I, I didn't even believe it. I'm not sure anybody else believes it. Like, they have, like, zero passing yards in the first quarter this season. Zero points. I mean, they, are, they have five first downs. I mean, we're talking about a sample of six, seven games now. And Fields, I don't know if did they ever get to, like, midfield. It certainly didn't feel like it. I know they did. But, I mean, it just doesn't look like Chicago can move the ball at all. So, um, it's, a, it's a tough deal for those young guys. And what I, I just feel a little bit for them. I've seen it here in Jacksonville. And I just don't know how that makes you better. I think it, it gives you a lot of scar tissue for already a difficult position to play. And now they're going to have to try to overcome that with their talents and mental toughness. To me, right now, the teams that are having success with the rookie quarterbacks like the Jaguars and the Patriots. It's from the caveat of saying we're going to set these guys up for success of what they do very well. Now, with Mac Jones, Mac Jones, like, he's already proven that he's probably, so far, probably the smartest guy out of this bunch in terms of checking out of things, calling audibles, and running a no-huddle. Now, Trevor's close behind, he's gaining, but, I mean, we saw this back in preseason. So, it yeah. goes to show you just how cerebral Mac Jones is. And you see that when the Patriots are playing out there. Whether he's checking out of a pass to a run situation, whether he's audibling out some kind of, I think it was a route that I saw yesterday, he told John Smith to run. Like, he's just to that point right now. They're not asking him to be this super athletic quarterback to extend plays, you know, to throw these 50-yard bombs. He doesn't have to do that. That's not what the Patriots need from him. They just need to use his brain and checking out of things and using a pretty dynamic running game when they have to. That's what Mac Jones is doing right now. With Trevor Lawrence, you know, we've seen the arm talent. We've seen the deep shots. We've seen the intermediate shots. And we've always agreed that Trevor Lawrence can really do a lot of things well. And that's what we're starting to see now. And we're starting to see him use his legs a little more, which is a great thing because now it keeps deep 
defenses on their heels. That's an example right there, burning that quarterback option, not running it 10 times a game with Trevor Lawrence, but threatening it. That's an example of, once again, setting Trevor Lawrence up for success. In Chicago, if you watched that game yesterday, it was almost like Nagy was like, yeah, we know what you do, but you're not going to do that here right now. We, we need you to be more of a, of a pocket quarterback, and if you get chased around, then go ahead and run with it. It just the, the whole game script, the whole game plan, it just wasn't conducive to what Justin Fields brings to the table. And with Mac Jones, who, you know, I didn't personally say it, but people were, oh, you know, he's kind of like a Patrick Mahomes type. He's a gunslinger, yada, yada, yada. Well, it, it's hard to be a gunslinger if you don't have time to move around in the pocket, if you don't have time to extend the play with you your athletics. Right? I'm sorry, this is Zach yeah, Wilson, yeah. sorry. Um, it's hard to extend the play if you can't move around. So... It's just, to me, it's examples of teams setting their quarterbacks up for success of what they do great and teams trying to fit a square peg into a, into a round hole right now and it's not really working too well. Yeah, I agree, man. And, and listen, again, I feel for the guys because we've seen it around here. Like, we've seen two different ways. And one, you're Zach Wilson or you're Justin Fields and you're getting hit on every play. Well, that's playing Gabbert. And by the way, that also was Blake Bortles. I thought Bortles did a better job of overcoming that part of it. But we know Gabbert did not do a good job of that. And it really scarred him. Like, it, it, it changed his, uh, I think, the projection of his career, quite honestly. I don't know if he would have been great. Okay, don't misread me. But I really think it put him behind, and he could never recover. And that was all from getting hit and, and endlessly getting hit and uh, not being ready to get hit and not knowing how to overcome getting hit. The mental clock just never changed for him i think it did change for bortles and you got to give him a lot of credit for that because if i remember correctly even in a shortened rookie year i think he got sacked like 52 or 54 times <laughs> his rookie year it was incredible so he got hit a lot too he was able to overcome that but justin fields and wilson are also getting into another territory and this is one that bortles could never shake and that's the turnover territory and when they start turning the football over and turning the football over it gets it becomes a label and how do you end that label uh, that's a tough thing to get out of. Look at Jameis Winston, right? He's the same way. It doesn't mean he can't be good at some things, but if you turn the football over a lot and you never stop that and you really – it's just not like a one-time or a one-year rookie year thing, well, that's problematic for your career. Bortles has proven that. Uh, Jameis Winston has proven that. Uh, the different story is a guy like Manning, right? Manning turned it over a bunch. Even Andrew Luck turned it over quite a bit, I think, his rookie year, and they were able to skirt around that and bounce back and not do that uh, to the degree they did in their, their early on in their careers. So – I, I'm looking at two of those things. I'm like, man, I've seen that around here. I have seen that that is hard to overcome. And I think these guys are talented. I really do. I've been big believers in this entire draft class. But there is, I'm concerned for Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and the situations they're being put in. Um, and I really, I, I do think you can coach around some of those things. And I think the coaching is poor there too right now. I mean, I don't know how you can say otherwise. Uh, because, yeah, the talent's not great. But they're not putting these guys in good enough situations to, because they shouldn't be playing this poorly. Even with a, an offensive line that might not be great, I think you can probably do some things to offset it, uh, whether it's the, the GM and the personnel they have or whether the coaching and the coaching coaches uh, and the plays that they call. I think they're just not doing a great job, kind of like we said about Bevel early on, right? 51 throws for Trevor. That's not putting that kid in a good situation. Mm -hmm. Well, he kind of fixed it over the next month or so. So uh, it really hit me this weekend, Austin, that the Jags, have been uh, in the Zach Wilson, Justin Fields kind of Bears, Jets situations, and they're not. And that is a big thing. It's a big thing going forward. doesn't mean Super Bowls, doesn't mean everything else, doesn't mean they'll be the Cincinnati Bengals next year, but it's certainly a hell of a lot better than being Chicago and New York right now. Absolutely, and I think in Chicago, obviously there's a hot seat right now with Nagy, and if they keep playing like this, there's no way he makes it the entire season. 
And I just think it's a, it's a standpoint of you have to understand right now that you have a rookie quarterback, and what does he do well? He He's a mover. He can extend the play, and he's almost uh, like a – Lamar Jackson-esque. We talked about this in the preseason. When he runs, he makes it look effortless, and he doesn't look timid out there. It's just it's smooth, just like Lamar Jackson does. So why you don't set that guy up to do a little more of that? And maybe it's because of injuries. Maybe you're worried if he takes a shot as a rookie, you know, will he ever recover from that? Okay, that's fine. But if I'm Coach Nagy right now in Chicago, I'm putting all my chips in because I can't afford to have another three-point performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have to start winning ball games. I have to start producing points because I'm an offensive-minded coach. I was brought in here to run the offense. So if I'm putting up three points a game, my job's, you know, it's as good as gone. So if I'm going to go out, at least I'm going to go out with believing what I know, and that's set your quarterback up for success, let him run around, let him create plays, and then go from there. Uh, let me bring another quarterback into play quickly. Uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but we talked about this when the Jags traded C.J. Henderson. Uh, maybe nobody else would want C.J. right now. I think you could have offered maybe Tampa some things over the last few weeks because I know their secondary has been beat up, But so maybe there was an opportunity. Uh, maybe there would have been an opportunity in Carolina anyway. But Gardner Minshew being traded when he did, did they do that too early in hindsight? Because you have a Carolina situation where they don't like the quarterback stuff going on right now. they got P.J. Walker as the backup. He was like 3 for 14 at one time. I don't know if that's what he finished, but he wasn't very good. Coming in for Darnold, who was benched. You have Mike White in New York. I mean, who is that? Like, why is he playing? And they don't have anybody else from a veteran standpoint to help out Zach Wilson. That's what they got. They got Mike White. I mean, Philly would still be in play because Jalen Hurts continues to struggle. He's kind of like garbage time Bortles in a sense. I mean, he really gets that fourth down um, fourth quarter stuff going. But first three quarters have not been good this year. Uh, you could even look at Seattle, who the Jags will play this week. Uh, should, the, should the Jags have kept Minshew around kind of figuring that teams might need a backup quarterback like Minshew, a guy with experience, to help save them uh, this season because of injuries or other things, and the trade deadline's about a week away. Did they make a mistake? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I said that the day that he got traded. Yeah. Uh, I said in terms of value, you got zero value back for Gardner Minshew because you essentially got what you, tra- what you drafted him for. And in terms of his resume, in terms of the game started, that warrants more than a six-round pick. It's as simple as that. And this is the NFL. Injuries do happen. Performance does hit a landslide. And, yeah, I I truly believe that if they would have held on to him um, until now, they definitely could have traded him for a higher value. I understand that with Urban Meyer, it wasn't his guy, right? Like, he didn't bring Garner Minshew in. And then, to be fair, Minshew kind of won him over, according to Urban Meyer. But at the end of the day, this is all about value. If you're a general manager, if you're a head coach, and, and you're monitoring this roster, you have to get value for your draft picks, or it's, it's almost like, what are you doing? And this is a classic example right there. And I think with Gardner Minshew, right now, with teams being as desperate as they, they are, you could have maybe got a fourth-round pick for him. Who knows? But that's just, it's, 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 the, it's the whole value thing, and I wish that, you know, they would have at least considered that a little more. And don't tell me, well, you're going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. You kept two kickers on the roster for longer than you should have, so don't tell me you couldn't keep three quarterbacks on the roster. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Well, by the way, Philly's keeping three quarterbacks on the roster, making Mitchu inactive on game days. Yeah. So, I mean, that's interesting in itself. Knowing that Hurts is kind of, 
you know, teeter-tottering here. Um, it's still, he's an inactive QB on game day. So I'm not saying it was the greatest move for Philly. I just think the trade piece might have been worth more now as you get closer to the deadline. I will say this about C.J. Henderson. When they moved him, I didn't know what Dan Arnold was going to be. And I think Dan Arnold, although he's cost them a little bit too, I think I see enough out of Dan Arnold that I'm really glad he's here. You know, like the, the thing about C.J. Henderson, you're never going to get me to say, hey, I can't believe they traded him, anything like that. Now, the problem with C.J. Henderson is they drafted him top 10. Like, that's what we can't get over in Jacksonville. But now that they've got Dan Arnold here, I think it's helping out Trevor Lawrence. Anything to help out Trevor is a big deal, I think. And so uh, at least they got that going for him. A uh, couple other, speaking of the trade deadline, I want to throw two things at you. And one guy, well, actually both guys, I think you're going to love. I think you're going to love it, Austin Lane. I think you're going to love where I'm going. One guy I've I've not liked much over the years. Another guy I <laughs> what know endorsement. Another guy I know you love. You love, but I'm advocating maybe for both of them, and you might have to talk me out of it. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Trade deadline looms. How can the Jags get a little bit better? I've got a plan. Do you like the plan? Find out next. By the way, programming note tonight, Jags Report Live, 7 o'clock, sneakers. Come on out. We'll have James Robinson and Jihad Ward out there for the show. 7 o'clock on Fox 30. But love to see you out at sneakers in Jack's Beach here on a Monday night, 7 o'clock, showtime with James and Jihad. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. I mean, it's not really anger. It's just like, really, I've, I've never been in this position where, you know, I'm, I'm you know, losing. So, um... I don't know how to feel, like, uh, the, my only reaction to this is just to keep working. Like, I'm not angry at all, so, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, it, it happens. You know, we have bad days, y'all have bad days, and y'all can either get depressed or y'all can get up the next day and go to work. And I think that's what our team's going to do, and, I, and that's what I'm going to do, so I'm not angry at all. You know, it just it happens. I think that might be Justin Fields. You better believe it. Uh, Justin Fields, I can tell you this, though. You know, Nagy's done. Like, he ain't surviving this. He just, this offense, he's supposed to be an offensive guy. What is going on with that offense? Allen Robinson, my gosh, what did he do to deserve all this in his NFL career? Get him out. Holy cats. Somebody get in there and get him out right now, please. Maybe you can make a trade for him right now. Get him out. You know, I'll talk about that in a minute. I don't think that's who the Jags will be looking for, uh, especially based on what Urban Meyer said today. But I do have a couple ideas. Uh, I, I will say real quick, Austin, talk about Nagy. I feel like we know he's done. At, at some point, he's done. He's not surviving this. Uh, Fangio, I think he's done. I don't think he's surviving this. I, I don't think they're very good. And they started off nice, but that's it. They're four in a row now. They play, can play in a tough division, depending on how the Chiefs end up being. Uh, the Raiders are, are better, and, and the Chargers look pretty good. So, um, and, and the other one that's really interesting, I tweeted this last night, and there's, there's a lot of stats being thrown around right now. Kyle Shanahan and, and Lynch there in San Francisco, I, I'm not looking at a one-game sample last night. I mean, that game was weird because all the rain. But if you look at it since 2017, somebody said, when I said Shanahan, and uh, I said, I, I've pumped them up. Like, I think Shanahan's a really smart mind. Mm -hmm. But I just don't know if I can continue to do it. They don't win. I understand they've been uh, snake bit a little bit by the injury bug over the years. They had one really nice run. And so I had somebody respond to me and be like, well, I'd still rather have that meh, because I put meh. I just said they've been pretty average. I'd rather have that average here in Jacksonville. And I, I look at it, and I'm like, would you, though? I, they have eight more wins since 2017 than the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
put that in perspective. That's like two more wins a year. Mm-hmm. All right, that's two more wins a year. That's that's somewhat significant, but it's not like playoff worthy significant every year. And on top of that, well, guess what? We got Trevor Lawrence here. You got Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't know about Trey Lance. Like I I don't know where he will be and and how he will be. So. I don't know how you feel about it, but I just think Shanahan better watch out now. I think Fangio's done. I think Nagy's done. Yeah. Uh, I, I think two other guys that I, I thought would do well and I'm curious about are Shanahan and even Matt Rule now in Carolina. No, I mean, Shanahan, I, I think you can vouch for a little bit, but at the same time, he went to a Super Bowl, and I would take that over anything. He did, but Doug Marone, let me just give you some history there. Doug Marone went to an AFC championship, which for this franchise is unbelievable, okay? okay. That he went to an AFC championship. And Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and has since been fired. Okay. So, so I'm just saying what, there's precedent what, for What would you want to do that? I mean, what, what, would you rather go to a Super Bowl or would you rather go to an AFC championship game? Well, I'd rather win a Super Bowl but not be fired a couple years after I win it. <laughs> okay, mean, but would you rather go to a Super Bowl or would you rather win an AFC champion? I mean, would you rather go to an AFC championship game? Well, I'd rather go to a Super Bowl, but, yeah. I mean, your point, though, is the same. All right, then let's just use Doug Peterson. Would you rather win a Super Bowl or go to a Super Bowl? I mean, ask Philadelphia fans. Like, I, I think they'd rather win a Super Bowl, and I obviously expectations right now are not being met there with, you know, the, the new coach and everybody that's playing. But at the same time, you just went to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Like, that's still fresh in people's minds, as it should be. It's the Super Bowl. Like, if you play in a Super Bowl, like, that means something. Like, AFC Championship games, okay. But I'll be honest with you, I can't go back probably two years ago and tell you who played in the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship games. I mean, I could probably think about it, but I really don't know. I could tell you played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you pro- yeah, I can. Uh, okay, that's fair. So like, my t- curiosity is, okay, well, Rule hasn't done anything. Shanahan has gone to a Super Bowl. Well, yeah. after this year, he'll have coached the same amount of time that Peterson did with the Eagles, and Eagles won one a year earlier. So he didn't even make it yeah, for but, a year. Let's be honest, though. Doug Peterson wasn't fired because he was a bad coach for the Eagles. Doug Peterson got fired because him and the GM and the ownership got in a huge argument, and th- they couldn't coexist together. There's a difference there. Yeah, and Peterson had a better – I don't know what the total wins. I didn't do that one. But Peterson has better record than Shanahan would have over a four-year span. Okay, but is Shanahan getting in a fight with Lynch and the ownership or not? Is he well, getting no, in a I fight with Jimmy Garoppolo, both- and is he getting in a fight with Trey Lance? Yeah, I just don't know. Are any of them good? That's the point. Maybe you shouldn't fight Lynch. Maybe sh- they might both be packing their bags. <laughs> okay. Like, are they any good? Like, that's the point. Like, listen, I've been a big fan. I, they've acquired talent, it looks like. Uh, I think Shanahan's a very smart mind, like I said. Uh, put him up with McVeigh and others. And, you know, they're also the same people that gave a ton of money to Jimmy Garoppolo and then had to trade up and draft a new quarterback. So... I just think there's plenty of reason to criticize Shanahan and Lynch right now. Oh, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not asking saying, for them to get fired. No, I'm just I'm, saying well, keep an eye on it. I'm not saying they don't deserve to be criticized because they absolutely do. I mean, yeah, the, the, they're a better team than what they're playing like right now, especially with that Colts game last night. I'm just answering the question where I would probably rather have the run right now that San Francisco's had as opposed to the Jacksonville Jaguars have had this past decade. Yeah. Uh, I, or I think or that, five years or six years or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I'm curious. And, and by the way, we'd all take eight more wins in Jacksonville. That'd be great. And a trip to the Super Bowl rather than the AFC Championship game. Uh, but as you start to turn and look forward on this and what is San Francisco building towards and doing, I don't know. Maybe I would rather have Trevor Lawrence and, and whatever they've got in Jacksonville going forward for the next five years than Shanahan, Trey Lance, and I mean, whatever they've got going forward. Oh, are we confident right now with the coach situation in Jacksonville? Well, the coaching situation is a tricky one. So then what are we talking about right now? 
<laughs> well, I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor oh, Lawrence cool. or Trey Lance? Who right. would you rather have? Well, no, obviously Trevor Lawrence. But, like, if we're talking about what quarterback would rather have, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. If we're talking about the situation of who has it better right now and who has it worse, I think it's comparable. Like, if you want to say Mike Shanahan's on the hot seat because he's 2-4 right now, well, I'm not sure what the conversation with Urban Meyer is, but I don't think he's in the best of, a frame of light right now with ownership um, and the guys in that locker room. Yeah, he'd be more of a Peterson play in that regard, though, to your point. Like, th the reason why he, he's not on the coaching ability, more so on everything else, um, it appears. So it'd be a different circumstance. Anyway, it'll be very interesting. Let's see it. I mean, let's see what happens over the next few years with these two teams. I mean, I think Shanahan and Lynch will be there, uh, but it's just interesting. I mean, Rule is the same way right now. I thought Rule was going to be pretty good. I thought he showed signs of being good. And now I'm just like, I don't know, man. And even Joe Brady, I mean, it looked pretty good with Sam Darnold, and that was Casey's guy. But now they can't figure it out. Now they're kind of in a mess. Like, would they have been better off just having Teddy Bridgewater? It appears like they would. Yeah, I mean, I think they'd be better off having Christian McCaffrey as well. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know what? And this team would be better off having DJ Chark and ETN. I mean, we can do this until we and go around in circles. All right, but let, just, let me ask you this question. If you take James Robinson out of this offense, how is this team? Yeah, not as good. Not as good. But I would have more faith in Trevor Lawrence making plays than I would in Sam Darnold, I guess, right now. Yeah, and that's fair. I'm going to return my $6 Sam Darnold jersey, by the way. <laughs> Since I bought it, they have not won a game. I've been waiting to wear it, and there's been no opportunity to do such thing. Yeah, I, again, the point is not as comparable to the Jags. The point is they looked like two organizations that were ready to take off a little bit, and these guys, I'm not so sure about them. I'm pretty convinced that Nagy and Fangio are not the guys. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if these other two guys, I don't think they'll be gone this year, but I wonder if the seat starts getting a bit warm mm -hmm. uh, for both of them. And, see, I'm not a believer that you can just take away the, two, the one year that they did really well. I don't think you can do that. I think it's part of the equation. Uh, but some people will in their numbers, and, their, and, and the numbers are kind of ugly in San Francisco. Uh, and it, I don't know where they're headed in Carolina. Uh, maybe now they jump in on this Deshaun Watson stuff. We'll see. We'll get to Deshaun Watson in a little bit because it looks like that's going to happen in the next week. I, I wasn't confident in that. I thought it was just rumor, but now it's starting to shape up like it could happen. I've got the a trade. We're talking trade and Minshew and C.J. Henderson, and should they have held on Minshew a little longer? Could they got more? You think so, and I, I can't uh, disagree with you there. I think they would have got more if they had held on to him until this point in the season. Uh, you can't predict the future, but they could have at least judged the future in that regard, and they may have traded the piece too early. So now you wonder, will the Jags make any moves at the deadline? Uh, we kind of threw out names like Odell Beckham Jr. last week, and uh, I, I don't really like that. Uh, Urban Meyer talked today about speed, right? They're missing the speed guy. They thought DJ Chark would be that guy. Tyron Johnson has not really delivered in that mold. Agnew has done a nice job uh, on the offensive side. I would suspect, given their review of things over the weekend, that they uh, probably will use Agnew even more on the offensive side of things, as much as they love him in the return game. But I'm going to bring up two names that I think you really like. And I'm starting to wonder if they should take a flyer on here at the deadline. Okay. One of them's Andy Isabella, mm. and he is a forgotten man in Arizona, in part because they have so many weapons. They just can't get him on the field. I don't think that he's bad. I just don't think they can get him on the field. I think he's been active for like two games, and that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and hasn't really done that much. I know you liked him from the Senior Bowl days. I did. I, d I don't know what it would cost. I do think there would be a little market for him, uh, so they might have competition. It might cost more than we even think. Hey, better be, it's going to be a six-round pick or nothing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'll give them real. two six-rounders, though, right? Uh, uh, maybe. 
here's one that's interesting to me, and I don't like this guy over the years. You have liked this guy, but he gets hurt all the time. You know where I'm going? No. Will Fuller. <laughs> and so, you uh, what just what just happened over there? I just, just happened. I just I just threw my mouse down in disgust. Well, because he, here's the thing, Austin. They're they're one and six. The the Dolphins are. He's coming back in, I think, like another week or so off an injured hand. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's gets hurt all the time. Mm. But he's a speed guy. He's like a, it's a, he's on a one-year, I think I looked up a $10 million contract. Like, would it be worth throwing away one of those six-round picks for that guy and just take a flyer on him? I mean, that's kind of what, what's the difference between Tyron Johnson and taking a flyer on Will Fuller, you know? Um, it's a speed. If you're looking for speed and you could see where this offense could go, I think – uh, Urban has been aggressive. I think uh, Balky has been aggressive in nature. They want to win as many games as possible. This isn't a complete look ahead to 2022. So why not try to get better now, see what this offense looks like with one of those speed-type guys, Isabella or Fuller. I don't think they would be big parts of your team going forward, but maybe it's worth a six-round flyer on, on guys like that to see what your offense could look like and by the time they got here, maybe the final ten games. Okay, so you're throwing a lot at me. So first of all, Andy Isabella, yes, that's intriguing from the speed standpoint, but he's primarily a slot guy. So do you need a slot guy? Yeah, I mean, if you want to keep LaVisca, put him on the outside. Marvin Jones on the outside. We'll see what DJ Chark. Uh, I think having a valuable slot guy would definitely um, be intriguing. But as far as, like, what you can give up for him, I would give up two six-rounders probably at the most. I mean, I'll be honest with you, just because we don't have a lot to go off of of Andy Isabella. All we have to go off of is that hype that I fell in love with at the Senior Bowl. Um, and, you know, him being used sparingly is his first couple of years. So I, I would definitely take a look at it, providing that the price isn't too high. So that's the Andy Isabella conversation. Will Fuller? No. And, and that's all. No. Nope. And no interest. I, nope. Not, Brent, the, and I, I had I, I thought you were I thought you were trolling me when you said Will Fuller. I mean, if you look back on the guy's career, so last season in Houston played in 11 games and he got hurt. Played in 11 games 2019, then he got hurt. Played in seven games, then he got hurt. Played in 10 games back in 2017, then he got hurt. His, his the most he's played is his rookie year, and that was in 13 games. And this year has yet to start a game. So in terms of injury history, like. You know, I like to use the whole phrase injury prone. Like I, accidents happen in the NFL. Sometimes it's freak things. But if you have yet to go over, well, 12 games since your rookie year, yeah, I think that's a sign. Yeah, and, and here's what I think about that. Listen, you, you know me. I've, I've never been a fan of Will Fuller. You know, when he was with Houston, it didn't concern me much. I, I just, because of the injury stuff. So I'm not like the biggest Will Fuller fan. But I'm listening to Urban talk today, and about that, especially, I understand Isabel is more that slot guy if you want to get speed, but if you want that outside guy that you thought DJ Chark could be, or you're just missing, like, he flat out says, hey, we're missing that. Like, we don't have that. Uh, they would like to get Tyron Johnson involved in that, but he hasn't done anything. So would you take a flyer on a $5, 6000000 million investment? You've got plenty of money, and see what it looks like with Trevor in this offense. And, again, I'm not saying you commit to him now for 2022 and beyond, but now you know what this offense can look like with that speed guy that you need, you want. Uh, and as Trevor continues to grow, and it helps his development, and it makes this offense a little bit more dynamic of kind of what it looks like. And then you've got to go get the personnel in the offseason to, to mimic it. But 
I, I just would like to see it. I think they would like to see it. I think it would help them. And I just think it's pretty low risk. I mean, all right, five, six million dollars. It's nothing in the NFL. They got plenty of it. And the draft pick compensation shouldn't be much. Miami shouldn't really want that much out of them. Now, they might want him to help Tua or potentially Deshaun Watson <laughs> if they trade for him. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think uh, I think it intrigues me a little bit because there's low risk and I want to see what this offense could look like uh, and there's just not that many speed guys to go get especially in the middle of the season yeah I just you know the uh, it, it's hard to trust a guy when he's got the resume like he's had in terms of games played in and Miami's going through it right now like okay you, you want to bring him in the guy hasn't started a game he's played in two games this year, but he hasn't started a game for Miami yet and now you're gonna trade for him how do you know what you're getting like, what, what do you think would be an adequate trade value for Will Fuller right now? Well, honestly, I mean, I, I would think it would be one of the, like a, like a one sixth round pick or a seventh round pick. I mean, we got so many sixth round picks around here. I don't care what you do with them. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I think it would be worth it. Like four sixth round picks over the next couple of years. What the hell are they going to do with that? So uh, the that's what I would say. I mean, so I'm you, not willing to give up a fifth or a fourth. Like I might be, if I thought Indy Isabella could be a part moving forward, maybe I'd be more willing to give up like a fifth for Isabella. I'm not going crazy. Yeah. The, the other guy to think about is like an Allen Robinson. Excellent receiver, in my opinion. Uh, but he's not a speed guy, right? Uh, but he could still help. So, I mean, I'd be excited if they got Allen Robinson. Do you make a trade for him? I uh, mean, yeah. You know, I mean, the, obviously I think the Bears are getting ready to have a fire sale here pretty soon because I think the playoffs are just about out of reach for Chicago. You know what I would do, honestly? I would play the patient game. And I wait till the season's over, see how it plays out. And then if I'm Shad Khan, I get a helicopter, a giant, like, three Apache helicopters, and I hoist up the kismet, and I put it right on, on Lake Arrowhead by Green, by Green Bay, and I hoist it down on the water, and I say, hey, Devontae Adams, come, this is yours right here. This kismet, this this yacht, this is yours. Come play for the Jaguars. Aaron Rodgers is leaving you. Come come play for the South a little bit. Come come to the beaches. I know you're tired in Green Bay in this cold weather. You're from California. Come hang out with us in Jacksonville. And that's what I would do. Yeah, Andy Isabella, by the way, a graduate of U graduate of UMass. Yes, yeah, for is. sure. So where was he last week when we were talking about UMass? That's a good point, Austin. You should have brought him up because that's your dude from Senior Bowl. Was my dude. You know, I mean, he hasn't done yeah. much lately. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, he hasn't. He is he's intriguing, but then they just kept getting more guys over there, right? From A.J. Green to DeAndre Hopkins to they drafted Rondell Moore. I mean, they got so many guys. It makes you wonder, like, okay, I'll take, like, Kansas City's extra guys and Arizona's extra no, guys. No, that's true. It that's might true. be pretty good. That's uh, true. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, trade deadline looms in another week. We'll see if the Jags will do anything. I got a feeling they'll do something. I just don't know how impactful it will be. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What do you say to the man who gave you back your 600th ball? It was really cool. I got in the bag over there, so... Mike gave it away. He goes, man, I'm sorry, man. I get it. I said, sorry. I'm sure they'll figure out a way to get it back. But I don't keep too many. I don't actually keep too many things. So in that circumstance, I just, yeah, I felt like that might be a good one to keep. Okay. Said, the fan said when you asked for the football, he said he couldn't say no to Tom Brady. You got you to gotta give him respect. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. He's going to get something nice in return. So we'll get him a helmet or a couple jerseys or some other stuff. So it was really cool of him to do that. A $25 Subway gift card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go, Tom. Uh, bad negotiating by the Bucks fan, right? I mean, <sighs> what is going on? Did you, uh, if everybody missed that story, a 600 touchdown, Mike Evans gives it to the fan, 
and the fan like right away gives it back because Evans forgot didn't even realize it and and gave it to the fan he kind of pointed out to the fan gave it to him and then the fan basically like got a different football and I think the story is if I saw this right it was like a thousand dollar like gift card to the Bucks team shop? Did I see that right, or was that a joke? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I didn't hear about that part. It's probably. <laughs> uh, but, you, I mean, that's bad move on the fans' part. I mean, that's the moral of the story. I mean, hey, listen, that's nice to have the ball. By the way, how many footballs must Tom Brady have? I mean, I know he says he doesn't keep a lot, but he, mm-hmm. he has so many milestones now. The guy must, he needs like six mantles in his house, and he probably has six mantles in his house in whatever mansion he lives in. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, listen, the moral of the story is, don't have that fan negotiate your contract, Austin Lee. No, for sure. Um, you know, I remember I, I watched that live, and I, and I watched it kind of, you know, transpire, if you will. And, you know, obviously, Nance and Romo, like, the, the call was just, it, it was the limit. It was the ultimate. It was fantastic. But at the same time, I can see where that fan was coming from because all the pressure was on him. Yeah. Like, first of all, you, you know, he had no idea – uh, he was going to get the football, and then obviously he gets it. And I'm not sure if he thought that that was Tom Brady's 600 touchdown pass. Like, I'm not sure if they announced it in the stadium where he had, he had a clue, like, right after that happened. Yeah. But, I mean, just everything that was going on, because you got to remember, yeah, it's cool to be selfish and everything, but if you kind of want to be one of those guys and be a tool about it, well, then social media is going to eat you alive. People are going to post your name, your address, and then you're going to be the guy that didn't give Tom Brady back the football. So, like, you, you got to find that line where it's like, all right, I'm going to ask for this, but I don't want to be a tool where it's like I don't want to ask for too much because then I come across as kind of a, you know, a bad person on social media, and that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, someone just jumped in on Twitter, I think, uh, as they're watching. I didn't catch the name, but said that I guess since he's asked for a round of golf with Tom. Now, that's more like it. Like, that'd be good. golf school. I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not I'd rather have the money, but still, at least that's an experience. Honestly, I'd, I'd rather have the $25 Subway gift card. <laughs> yes, you probably would. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> unless you want to go to Top Golf, Tom, and we can hang out, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to spend a full 18 whole course with you. Sorry. Hey, but based on the way that all went, it, it wouldn't be like this great golf course, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like some muni in Tampa. He's going to play mini golf, a real quick uh, 18. Hey, we'll be back. What's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? That's what a big story as uh, the trade deadline looms. Well, is he going to Miami, Carolina, Denver, somewhere else? We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.